Good morning, Life Church. It is so good to be with you here again. If I have not gotten the chance to meet you, Brandon just introduced me. What a guy. My name is David. Um, it's such an honor getting to be able to get to preach with you once again. I preached a couple months ago here at Life Church for my first time, and I told you that time, and I tell you again, you guys are my family. You're my family. I've grown up in this church. And you also don't really have a choice in it. Like, I'm saying you are my family. I'm not, it's not a yes or no. It's, it's just a yes. So thank you guys for being here. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to preach and present the gospel of Jesus Christ to you. So Brandon told you guys to turn to John chapter 5, if you would. There's Bibles in the chairs in front of you or behind you. Turn to John chapter 5. I'm going to read a few verses from John chapter 5, and I'd love for you to follow along. John chapter 5 is a, it's a very interesting chapter. It's, it starts with... Jesus performing a miracle. It starts with him healing a crippled man at the pools of Bethsaida. And he does so on the Sabbath, which is a no-no to the Pharisees. The Pharisees are the teachers of religious law, and they don't like the fact that Jesus did any work. They don't like the fact that Jesus healed a man on the Sabbath. So they confront him. They confront him and reprimand him for healing on the Sabbath. And the part, the verses I'm going to read to you is Jesus' response to the Pharisees, to being reprimanded for healing on the Sabbath Jesus responds, not by justifying healing on the Sabbath, but he responds by saying, I am the Son of God. I have the keys to eternal life. So if you haven't gotten there already, John chapter 5, I'm going to read, start in verse 24. Before I do that, let me pray. We'll get into today's sermon. Dear Father God, I thank you. I thank you for this day that you have made, Jesus. Thank you for giving me this opportunity to preach And teach, Father, I pray that you would use me, speak through me. I pray that your truth would shine through. I pray that your gospel, your son, would shine through, Father. I thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for my family here today, Father. I thank you for each and every one of them. Guide and protect them. Open their ears to hear your word. In your name I pray. Amen. All right, verse 24. I'm going to start reading. I tell you the truth. Those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life. They will never be condemned for their sins, but they have already passed from death into life. And I assure you that the time is coming. Indeed, it's here now when the dead will hear my voice, the voice of the Son of God, and those who listen will live. Jump down to verse 36. This is Jesus, he had just been talking about John the Baptist who's been testifying about him. Verse 36, but I have greater witness, I have a greater witness than John, my teachings and my miracles. The Father gave me these works to accomplish and they prove that he sent me. And the Father who sent me has testified about me himself. You have never heard his voice or seen him face to face and you do not have his message on your hearts because you do not believe me, the one he sent to you. Remember, this is Jesus talking to the Pharisees. Verse 39. You search the scriptures because you think they give you eternal life. But the scriptures point to me. Yet you refuse to come to me to receive this life. See, in John chapter 5, in the verses I just read to you, Jesus has, he's revealed three things to us. First of all, that he's calling us. Jesus has showed us that He is calling us. He is calling all of us. He is calling us to eternal life. He is calling us to life with him. In uh, in verse 25, and I assure you that the time is coming. Indeed, it's here now when the dead will hear my voice, the voice of the Son of God, and those who listen will live. If you listen, Jesus is telling you, if you listen, 
you will live. You have eternal life. Jesus, he's calling you. He showed us he's calling us. He's also showing us in, in John chapter five what that calling means, what the calling of Jesus practically means. In verse 24, I tell you the truth. Those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life. They will never be condemned for their sins, but they have already passed from death into life. Jesus is showing us practically what salvation means. It means we're not condemned for what we've done. We're not condemned for the sins that you and I have committed. So he showed us he's calling us. He showed us what that calling means. But he also reveals to us that many are refusing his callings. Verse 39 and 40. You search the scriptures because you think they give you eternal life. But the scriptures point to me. Yet you refuse to come to me to receive this life. So Jesus has showed us he's calling us. We are called. But he's also showing us we are refusing. Yet we refuse. And it makes you wonder, why would you say no? If the God of the universe, your creator, your redeemer, is calling you, why would you say no to him? Why would you refuse him? I wrote a short illustration, kind of a parable, I guess, of why, many, why I believe many of us are refusing his callings, are refusing him calling us. When you are single, you pretty much have complete autonomy. You get to decide where and to what your money is going to. You are the judge of where you spend your time. You, know, you have influences like your family members casting their votes as to what you should do, but for the most part, you are the judge and jury of your own decisions. Now, I personally haven't been married, but I've been raised by a father and mother who have been married my entire life. And after 22 years of watching them, I can't help but notice the stark differences in the decision-making process between a single man and my father. See, my father is in fact not the judge and jury of each decision he makes. I've noticed often when my dad votes, it doesn't make it to the ballot box. When the Lord of the house, my mother, decrees that the trash must be taken out, my dad's got to get his little behind out on the driveway, wheel it down, close the lid. Now that's funny. My mom's not actually an overlord, so don't, don't tell her I said that. But it is funny, but the truth remains that because my father made the decision to marry my mother, he voluntarily, he voluntarily gave up control. He voluntarily gave up some of his control, which leads me to my first fill in the blank. Why do we refuse God? Loss of control. Loss of control. The fear of loss of control. I know for a lot of Christians, that is a big obstacle. Because when Jesus calls you coming to him, you lose control. Much like being married, you lose control. You, don't, you no longer are the complete judge and jury of your own life. And that is a big obstacle for a lot of people. And to be honest, it should be. You should feel the weight. If coming to Jesus and salvation is just like a piece of cake for you, it's like, oh yeah, like whatever, I did that way back when and it's been easy ever since. Dude, you don't know what salvation is. 
You don't. You haven't actually sat with the weight of what coming to Jesus actually means. What saying yes to him actually means. Coming to Jesus means he can ask anything of you. He can ask anything of you, much like my mom can pretty much ask anything of my father. Jesus can ask anything of you. I know for me, just this past, this past week of you know, preparing this message, I, you know, my dad asked me a couple months ago, whatever it was, to, to preach. And my first response, my, my guttural response was no. I did not want to do it. I really didn't. Because preparing a message, it's a burden. It, it is. It's not easy. It's not the most fun thing to do. I would rather probably be doing something else. It is a weight. It's not my first choice. But I gave up my right to say no. When, if my father is asking me to preach, if I get an opportunity to share the gospel, whether I want to or not, kind of leaves the equation. My response is now yes. I, I kind of gave up my right to say no. When I said yes to Jesus and his salvation, when I said yes to coming to him, I lost my ability to say no. I lost my ability to say no to what he's calling me to, to what he's asking me to do. And saying yes is not a one-time thing. A lot of people think that saying yes to Jesus, it's like, oh yeah, I did that back in 83, way before I was born. And it's been easy ever since, never had to say yes again, and it's all been a piece of cake. Saying yes to Jesus encompasses your entire life. Saying yes to Jesus is something you do every single day. He never stops. He never stops. He doesn't. There's many reasons why people refuse to come to God. There are many reasons. For the Pharisees, it was their own pride, their own scriptural knowledge. They thought they knew it all. They thought they knew the law of Moses better. And that's, that's, that was the reason they weren't coming to God. But I know for many of us, for me, what it has been in the past is fear of losing control, fear of losing my ability to say no when I want to say no. Giving up control spans our entire life. It never stops. You know, you might not be able to relate to the, the picture of preaching, God asking me to preach and me saying yes, but how about, how about money? I can relate to that one. If, if you have given your life to Christ, then he's, he's pretty clear. Even your money, the thing that you work for, the thing that you sweat for, isn't your own. He actually has the audacity to ask you for some of it. How ridiculous is that? I don't know about you, but I work hard for my money. I like money. It's pretty awesome. I can buy things with it. I work hard for it. I sweat for it. I work with my hands for it. I enjoy it. And then God has the audacity to ask me for it? Who does he think he is? When you say yes to Jesus, when you come to him, he invades every area of your life. Your money isn't your own anymore. That's true. It's not. He asked for 10% of it. He does. Just like a wife can ask pretty much anything of her husband, how much more can Jesus ask of us? We are called the bride of Christ. How much more can he ask of us? Just like the Pharisees in John chapter 5, Jesus is showing us many are refusing. Many of us are refusing the call of God on our lives. Whether it be because of loss of control, fear of loss of control, or our own pride. 
And at this point in my message, you're probably wondering, okay, dude, salvation sounds pretty intense. Do I even want this? God's asking for my money. He's asking for my time. He's asking for, I can't say no to him. What do you mean? Why would I want that? Why would I want that? It's true. Your life isn't your own anymore when you say yes. But the truth is, you don't want it to be. You don't want your life to be your own. When you have tasted and seen the ridiculous love and beauty of Jesus Christ, you don't want your life to be your own anymore. You have this revelation, this realization of, oh, there's nothing better than this. There's nothing better than salvation in Jesus Christ. There isn't. My mom used to tell me this when I was a kid. She would say this, this saying that I... I didn't really believe at the time when I was a child, but as I've gotten older, I'm not, I'm not old. I don't claim to be old or wise, but as I have gotten older and as I have walked with God and realized my own desperation for God, this saying has rang true and it, it makes a lot more sense. My mom used to tell me this a lot. I'd much rather have my worst day as a Christian than my best day in a life without Christ. Yes, being a Christian means my life is his. It does. It means he can ask anything of me. And there's a reality to that weight. There's a reality to that weight. I'm not saying it's easy. But there is also peace, overwhelming peace and joy in a life with Christ. When you say yes to him, you get the realization and revelation that there's nothing better than this. You can't go back. You can't go back. My second fill in the blank, you don't want control. You don't want it. You might think you want it when you have it. It might feel nice, but man, it is not gonna bring you any comfort. It is not gonna bring you a lick of peace. Verse 24, I read it earlier. I tell you the truth. This is Jesus talking to the Pharisees. I tell you the truth. Those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life. They will never be condemned for their sins, but they have already passed from death into life. I mean, Jesus is telling us, I don't know if you read that, but he's showing us like, we already have forgiveness. We are already forgiven. We already have eternal life. It's already been purchased for us. We get to stand, I get to stand naked and bare before God with all my sin and say, here I am. I say, yes. I already have eternal life by nothing I've done on my own, by no thing I could accomplish. It's been given to me. I get to stand, sit and bask in God's ridiculous love because of nothing I've done, literally. I have passed from death into life. You have passed from death into life. You can never be condemned, can never be condemned for the sins that, you've, that you have chosen. At that point, if those words are making sense to you, whom shall I fear? What should you fear? What is there to fear? If your sins are forgiven, if you have no condemnation in Jesus Christ, what is there to fear? At that point, it's, I mean, your, I know my response isn't always this, but when I have that realization, it's, Jesus, you can ask anything of me. You can ask anything of me. My life is yours. This stage I'm standing on, you built, Father. The money I have, you gave me. The career that I have, you gifted me with. 
anything I own was first yours. You have given me everything I have. Ask anything of me. It's all yours anyways. Coming to Jesus doesn't mean you forget your flaws. It doesn't mean you forget your mistakes. It doesn't mean that you're not a sinner. Coming to Jesus means you stand before him with all your flaws, with all your mistakes, with all your sins, but knowing that you are completely redeemed. You are completely forgiven through Jesus. Coming to Jesus is so much more than saying yes to him way back when. That moment, it's so much more than a moment. It's daily, it's every day. It's standing before him, receiving his salvation. The salvation that has already been won for you. It's saying yes to whatever your creator is asking of you. If I haven't made this clear yet, practically, practically, what being a Christian is, what as a Christian practically, what coming to him actually looks like is saying yes. It looks like saying yes. It looks like saying yes to Jesus every single day of your life. It looks like saying yes to whatever he's calling you to. For me, it was saying yes to preaching when I really didn't want to. I didn't want to do this. I love you guys. You know, I really do. I mean that, but I didn't want to be up here. I didn't want to talk. I didn't want to talk to y'all. But my response was yes. Not because for no other reason than Jesus bought my salvation with his blood. That's why I say yes. Maybe you can't relate to the picture of preaching. Maybe God's not asking you to preach, but God is asking you to do something. And you know it. God's ways are not hidden ways. God's callings are not hidden things that you have to decipher and figure out. No, like what's right in your face? Are you sitting next to your wife? Are you sitting next to your children? Are you sitting next to someone you brought to church? Who's next to you? Who do you work with? What is God calling you to? We are all called to go and make disciples. We are all called to share the gospel. Are you saying yes? Are you saying yes? God is putting things right in front of your face. He has been calling you and telling you to come to him for a while. Are you saying yes? I'm not saying these things. I'm not saying saying yes to Jesus is easy. Nowhere in the Bible does it say being a Christian, saying yes to God is the easy thing to do. It's really not. It is not the easy thing to do. These things that he's asking us to do, they're uncomfortable. They are hard. I'm not saying they're not. Fortunately for us, though, God has completely rigged the system. I mean, not only do I have eternal life by nothing I've done, not only do I have eternal life, but I also have a creator who gives me the strength to do anything he asks of me. And not only does he give me the strength to do whatever he asks of me, he blesses me on top of it. He blesses me for doing the things that he gives me the strength to do. He enables us to come before him with every sin we've ever committed, with everything we've ever done, completely bare, hiding nothing from him, and we get to say yes. We get to say yes to whatever he is calling us to. Don't cling to the control of your own life. Don't cling to it. You don't want it. It is not gonna bring you peace. It's not gonna bring you happiness. It's not gonna bring you security. Don't cling to control. Don't be like the Pharisees. Your heavenly father is calling you. He is calling you today. 
He'll be calling you tomorrow. And he was calling you yesterday. Come to Jesus. Come to him. You know, I've been preaching for about 20 minutes now. Telling you that Jesus is calling you. Telling you to come to him. Do you know why you can come to him? Do you know why you and I, sinners, evil people, I don't know if you realize this, you might be in denial, a lot of people are, but our hearts are wicked. We have sin. No man hasn't sinned. We have all sinned. Do you know why us sinners? Why can we come to God? I mean, he's calling us, but does he know who I really am? Why can I come to him? Why is it that we Pharisees and tax collectors get to come to God? Why? It is simply and only this one fact that Jesus, the Son of God, God in the flesh, came to this earth, suffered and died for a wretch like you and I. For people who had nothing but sin in their heart, he came and died for you and me. The wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. And rather than make us pay our own bill, he who was perfect, you realize that Jesus was perfect. He committed no sin. He knew no sin. He came and died for you. He died for me. I didn't ask him to do it. I never deserved it once. He came and died for us. You and I, we deserve death and judgment. We do. For the sins we've committed, we deserve death and judgment. But instead, Jesus, sacrificing his own body, received both death and judgment on our behalf. That is why me and you can come naked and bare before the Lord, holding all our sin and shame. That is why we can come before God. Because in all our sin, in all the things we've done, we were forgiven by the blood of our Savior, by the blood of our Creator. Back to verse 24. I tell you the truth. Those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life. They will never be condemned for their sins. But they have already passed from death into life. You see, the God who is calling us to life is also the God who has paid for and forgiven everything we've ever done, everything we're going to do, all the sins we're going to commit. I'm not giving you license to go and sin. You can't read, you can't read the Bible and think that, but he has paid for it. He has paid for it. I get to come boldly before God. I get to come boldly before him. I get to come to him and drop my sin before him because you know what? That sin that I drop before him, he already knows about it. He already knows about it. He already forgave it. He already forgave everything I've ever done. And not only has he forgiven it, he has paid for it. He paid my, my bill. He paid for everything I've ever, ever done. The truth remains coming to God daily, it does mean he can ask anything of you. It does mean if he's calling you to China, you're going. It means you gotta go. It does. But the God who can ask anything of me, that God who can ask me 
to preach, the God who can ask me for my money, my time, my family, that God who can ask anything of me, he's my creator. He is my creator. He is the one who has redeemed me. He's the one who has forgiven me for my transgressions, for everything I've ever done. He is the one who hung on a cursed tree and suffered so that you and I can live for an eternity in the midst of God's ridiculous love. Jesus is calling you. Jesus is calling you. Don't refuse. Come to him today and every day. Say yes. Say yes. If the worship team would come up here, I'm going to close. You were handed um, communion elements when you walked in here. If you would grab those. Friends, I hope I, hope I made my point clear. Jesus is calling you. Saying yes to God was not something you did one time and it's all over. It's daily. Saying yes to him is daily. But it's something that you want to do. It's something that you get joy in doing. It's something that he gives you strength to do. Giving up control is the best feeling you could ever have. Would you bow your heads in prayer with me? Dear Father God, I thank you. I thank you for this bread. I thank you for your body broken and bruised on a cross for us. God, you died. You died so that we have license and freedom to come to you. God, we get to come to you because your body was broken for us. Help us never forget that, Father. Help us never forget the beauty of your gospel, the beauty of your body broken for the sins that we chose. Let's take the bread. Father God, I thank you for your blood. God, I thank you for the blood spilled on the cross for us. God, you suffered and died so that we might have life so that we have freedom to come to you, God. I thank you for the blood of Jesus poured out for me, poured out for us, Father. Let's take the cup. God, I thank you. I thank you for your son. I thank you that we can freely come to you because of nothing we have done. God, we get to come with our sin, our shame, everything we've ever done, knowing that you are redeeming us. You are our savior. Let us not refuse you, Father. Let us say yes to you over and over and over again, Jesus. You are the priest bringer. You are the peace giver. Fill our lives with peace, Father. In these things I pray. Amen.